listening to On The Road, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. On The Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. G'day and thanks for joining us again on the Road Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Show number 174. Doesn't time fly when you're having fun. Paul Bergini joins me for the news. We get a little bit granular on a couple of subjects. There's not a lot going on in the news, but anyway, Bob's in with something to talk about. And of course, Andy with the music section of the show, looking at Billy Thorpe this time. What a great artist he was, I do remember him back in the day. Uh, some of the music was pretty bloody awesome. Let's just dive straight into it again then with the news and see how we go from there. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Here on the road, it's time for the news. Well, welcome back, Paul. It's news time, mate. How are you going? I am. Uh, I'm going extremely well, Mike. Yourself? Oh, look, just fit as a Mallee bull and twice as dangerous, mate. Very good. Very good. I trust the uh, the festive season is treating you well. No, the festive season has been quite uh, quite festive. How's that? <laughs> no, very no. Good. good. I've had a bit of a quiet one. I spent a fair bit of time at home. I did dash down to Melbourne and back once, but. Uh, the uh, the uh, repeat performance that I was expecting has been cancelled, so we're not doing that again. I won't be doing anything now until after I've had my medical next week. There you go. Very good. So, okay. Uh, looking forward to it. I've been sitting about, done a bit of stuff for Truck and Life and, and uh, catching up on a bit of stuff down in the cage, so that's all right, lining up oh. guests for the radio oh. show. I have no doubt there's lots to do in the Truck and Life world for you. No oh, there, there is. There is, there mm. is. We're a bit strapped for news, though, mate. It says it still seems as though it's that period where uh, no one seems to be bothered to be talking about too much. I mean, there are things that we, we can talk about. There are things that we're not going to bother talking about. They haven't changed much. We're not talking about any of the electric vehicle stuff as usual. But, mm. you know, there are a few things we can talk about. There are a few things I'd like to skirt around the edges of mm-hmm. um, a, a little bit. We'll get to that at the end of the day. I've had a couple of interesting emails from different people with different points of view. Very interesting indeed, yes. Mm, of course, uh, we won't get too much into it because uh, Bob's got a little bit to say and something to talk about, but his point of view is simply that if you weren't there and you don't know what you're talking about, you probably really should shut up, and I agree with that mm. to a certain, to, mm-hmm. you know, to a certain and, extent. 
As do I. Um, a lot of people who had not much uh, to say of any real value. We do have a couple of interesting stories, though. We'll just dig into two or three of them now. Uh, the European company Gebruder Weiss, or Gebruder Weiss, or God knows how you pronounce it, an Austrian company coming to Australia. They've already got a couple of places here. Mate, yes, it's, 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 well, it's just another, it's another case of international players playing in our sandpit, isn't it? It no, is. I, I find it fascinating that we're obviously a, um, you know, large country with a small population. I find it fascinating these international players want to come over here and get the teeth into our game. I, I don't know whether that means they're all excited about the future in Australia or all they just see us as an easy target. I don't know. I'm, I'm very, oh, gee whiz, I'm, I, I, I do like to see Australian companies carrying Australian freight, I'm afraid. Mm, but yep. someone's got to move the freight, Mike. Well, they Someone, do. They do. Someone's got to move it. Yeah. Jabruta Weiss, uh, uh, they do import, export, that sort of thing. Mm. They, uh, they, they sort of target that area. They're, they're building their brand in the Asian Pacific region. And uh, they look as though they, they want to export uh, export stuff from Australia as well as uh, control a little bit of importing as well. They're also looking to expand into the northwest of Australia in the coming years. I wonder how well a European company is going to go understanding the peculiar conditions of northwest Western Australia. Isn't, isn't that, that's under, let's underline that word peculiar because that's exactly <laughs> what operating conditions in northwestern Australia are. Mm. Um, they're amazing, some of these companies, when you dig into it. I mean, these guys operate in 35 different countries around the world. Yeah, it just yeah. never ceases to fascinate me, organisations that, that big. And, I mean, we all know the name FedEx and, yeah. you know, there's, there's a company that just, just can basically pick up a package and deliver it almost anywhere in the world now, mm. which is yeah. pretty amazing. Um, it will be it will be interesting to see them uh, expand into the northwest uh, in the coming years. <laughs> I if, reckon if, if they do, I wonder mm. how much money they want to throw at it. It always this is the thing, isn't it? The freight's got to move up there. It's mm. all zeroed around mining, but as usual, our, our roads are less than perfect, so. Mm. I, I can't help wondering if someone from um, Austria goes for a ride up that northwest corridor and, and sits in the car and goes, gee whiz, what the hell's what's, happening here? But What's going on? Well, they've opened their location in Brisbane now. That adds to the one in uh, Melbourne and the yeah. one in yeah. Sydney. I suppose it'll be interesting to see what's going on. I did see a picture there and they've got uh, got their uh, their values sort of in the background uh, I, I just wonder how they'll hold true to some of those. But anyway, we'll hmm. wait and see what happens, I suppose, mate. We, we will wait and see. They uh, they also want to seem to specialise uh, in air sea and customs clearance and, and customised logistics. So that custom clearance business is a fascinating business. Um, my, my dear wife, Amanda, has been involved in a little bit of that in the last 12 months. And, well, you know, when that freight gets dropped off by you know, by the truck and gets ready to get to be loaded in the plane or vice versa, that 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 transfer period inside in inside those customs, um, you know, customs clearance houses is really it's a fascinating world within our own world, and mm. it's almost like they operate on Mars, you know, with all the obviously the security and and quarantine. It, it's quite quite a specialised, amazing. 
uh, amazing undertaking some of those places. So let's see how uh, let's see how Gabruda Weiss expands, Michael. Let's see that. All right, moving on. Axle mass limits. Now this is we're revisiting a story from earlier in in December here, and I'll make Warren Clark from Nat Road said that there are a few issues with axle mass inconsistencies between the states which need to be exposed. I think that's the understatement of the decade, isn't it? <laughs> decade. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but at, at 55 years of age, I can remember axle mass inconsistencies in this country as a 10-year-old boy. So, <laughs> goodness me, it's nothing, it's nothing new. I, I can remember, vaguely remember the spread axle you know the spread axle flat tops with a with the toolbox between front and back axle. I remember them yep. getting phased out, mm. and now we are here. We are. I, 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 we were talking about this earlier today, weren't we? You know these quads, mm. a bogey, mm. a big gap, and a bogey. Yep. Like, yeah, there's nothing. I'm sorry, there's nothing new about inconsistencies in loading axle weights. Just, oh, it's just everything, isn't but, it? I mean, um, we we. we we like to try and sort of reinvent the wheel if we can, and certainly some of these trailer manufacturers, I won't say they're taking the mickey, but they examine the rules and they build things to meet the rules. This is where we're looking at seeing we've got quad axle trailers, our lead trailers and, and B trailers running around now. They're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We've got, it seems as though if you can afford to pay for the permit, you can have anything you like. You can have these double-stack container trailers running around the Port of Brisbane. Just add axles. Just add more axles. It just seems to be the way to go. And, of course, um, we, we throw on these uh, self-steering axles and things like that. But these these trailers with the split um, jewels, you know, the split, mm. uh, the split um, bogies, that mm. is to take advantage of the, the equations that are to do with how much weight you're allowed to have with a with a bogey bogey or bogey tri setup? Um, yeah, I'm not. I'd say personally, I'm. I'm not. I don't have too many concerns about the trailer side of things. What worries me is these increased axle limits they're allowing on steer axles. Yeah, and that's interesting. I, I, yeah. I, I, I cannot lie. I I have to raise an eyebrow on that seven. Yep. You know they're going to start going up to seven and a half tons on a steer axle. Gee, gee whiz, that's a lot of weight on yeah. two steer tires. Well, the New South Wales now they're set to trial permits on zero emission vehicles with steer axle weights of up to eight tons, and up to eighteen point five on the drive. So, uh, I can wonder. I ask. I wish we could get a hold of someone like Dr. Carl or Dr. Julius Sumner Miller, <laughs> <clears throat> because Mike, I'm fascinated that. If a twenty-five-year-old, uh, you know, dirty Detroit diesel-burning truck can't run to eight tons on the steer, four ton per tire, mm. but the one with the clean exhaust pipe can, does it? Does it mean that eight ton is lighter on the road than the eight ton? Oh well, well, no! Clearly, Paul, the pressures the pressures are just spread differently if it's got a battery. Right. Right. You know. Okay. I mean, let's mm -hmm. face it. You know, it's all renewable. You know, right. and, and so you know that the pressure is is spread differently. The the, the actual footprint of the tire must be different. So you know, it's, it can, it's bullshit. Pardon, it's bullshit, pardon me for my hint of cynicism here, Mike. But so 
So when that Ford, those those two four-ton tyres whack the edge of a concrete bridge and there's mm. asphalt, and so the concrete bridge is supposed to respond differently to the zero emissions truck to the diesel burning truck. Well, they know, mate. They know the difference. They it's, know. It's, it's like it's like COVID knew what the time was. Fascinating. It's fascinating. Oh, it's a science, mate. You've got to follow the science. Mm, fascinating. Truly fascinating. You know, um, so they're going to do these trials, aren't they, too? Yeah, yes, probably. Yeah. Mm. And, of course, we've got them all over the place now. So Queensland have announced a change to their higher mass limits scheme, <laughs> but that's specific, specific to performance-based standards. We won't mm. mention anything about any bridges you can't drive in the left lane on in Queensland. <laughs> No, well, that's all open flather at the moment. All those guys have gone home, so I'm not even sure what's going on. Oh, no, it's Mm. it's now safe. It's now safe. Mm. Amending... (laughs) Oh, it's hard to remain serious when you... Like, the level of of spin... I mean, God, whoever writes this stuff, I I, I don't know. So Mm. uh, they're saying that amending axle limits was a logical step after the federal government announced an increase in truck width of up to point. Five five meters mm. Mm. to bring Australia in line with most of the developed world. Now, mm. look, I understand entirely that the Australian truck market is a small market relative to the rest of the world. Very small, you know. And the American truck manufacturers and the European truck manufacturers don't want to build trucks specifically for the Australian market when they're only going to sell five six hundred of them. You know, mm. and mm. and. You know the the level of investment that there is to develop these trucks and things like that makes it cost prohibitive to develop trucks specifically for Australia. So they stick with the things that they've stuck with for ages. Mm, and, indeed, and, and, and you can't blame of economics. Them. No, it's a you matter can't of blame economics. Them. Correct. So, <clears throat> um, and, and let's face it, two point five five compared to two point five meters is nothing. Well, I mean, it's mm. a couple, it's a couple of inches. It's in the scheme mm. of things, it's nothing. But we're not we're not allowing that on the trailers at the moment. So yes. so I mean, really speaking, we should make a common sense uh, decision and say, well, apply it to the whole the whole combination because I know there are a number of people like you know, car carriers, for example, an extra two inches on the width of a trailer would mean so much for them. Would we, make a huge difference for car carriers. Yeah, indeed. would absolutely. But, and yes. of course, it, it you, you know with your fridge vans and things like that. Well, they say, oh well, we'd be two inches wider. Um, well, you could have a little bit more insulation on your van, for example. You know, make it mm. make it so your van was a little bit more efficient, I suppose. I mean, there are some good things that are talking about. The wider trucks have got to be equipped with blind spot reduction technology, electronic stability control. We've got all these things already. You know, I love the way that if we're going to give the transport something interest, uh, something interesting, or something that's innovative and and may provide. A little bit of a like a uh, an improvement or a productivity improvement. They've got to go and snatch something back in the name of safety, so that they can sell the idea to the public. Maybe I'm being too cynical, but when we went from 25 meter to 26 meter beat, I was like, oh no, now we've got to have a front underrun protection system. Mm. And, mm. and oh, oh, oh crap, <clears throat> we can't meet the six ton weight limit on a steer axle. Now we're going to have to give people 6.5 tons so that they can put all this extra steel on the front of their truck to make sure that things don't run under the front of it, make sure your airbag goes off. Correct. You know, I mean, the, the logic beggars belief. So we've added all this extra weight on the front. 
just because and we're still and we're still allowing or we yeah. or the country yeah. or, or the, the the policy makers or whoever is involved um responsible mike are allowing some of these cheap these these and i don't i don't i don't um, I don't go against anyone trying to make a living, but mm. you know some of these under the radar tire sellers that are bringing in forty foot containers of, you know, truck tires on on the cheap from who knows where. Yeah, and rims. Don't forget the wheels, mate. And and, and wheels and tires, yep. and then going to bolt bolt these on the front of a prime mover at four ton yep. per tire. Yeah. I that that I'm sorry, but that. Brings me great concern. Yeah. I have to say that well, brings me. I don't great know concern. about you, mate, but I I think we, we were talking about earlier. I've never seen so many blown spear t- steer tires lately. I I have seen them, and in, you know, in in the eighties, nineties, someone blowing a steer tire was, it was it was news. You know, oh gee whiz, did you hear such and such blew a steer tire? And now, on my uh, you know, I commute quite regularly from the Lockyer Valley into Brisbane on the Warrego Highway, mm. and and Mike, it wouldn't be. A month goes by that I would not see two or three A doubles, B doubles, whatever you know, combinations on the side of the road with a blown steer type. Yeah, it is it is too regular for my liking, um, and they are normally not always, but I should say regularly those big um, steel cab heavy heavy European. Cab overs. Yeah. So, is is there something connected there? We're increasing, and you know, mass weights on the steer. Um, you know, again, should we be ensuring that if you're running that extra weight, you are you are running a, a, a premium tire and not an El Cheapo? Because, as we all know, we can anyone virtually anyone can get out of a driver or a trailer tire blow on that's just messy and a, and a pain in the backside but a, but a steer tire that's that's a whole new world of hurt when well, if you blow a steer tire earlier yeah. on in the PBS scheme they did specify which tires you you should use and, and that sort of thing and they've gone away I do from believe that, that. they got yeah. away from that now oh have they they've yeah. gone away from it yeah they've right. gone away from that now so you can put your cheap chinese tire on well it's perfect common sense isn't it oh yeah look <laughs> Uh, look, the, but, the, but the greater problem is, and, and Warren Clark is absolutely right, when he says which rules apply to what vehicles and combinations type is just a maze of differing axle mass and gross mass limits. It's he, madness. He calls, yeah. it, he calls it like the regulations are like a plate of spaghetti. And I, I think that's a brilliant analogy. Because yeah, that is that is sadly a good way to explain <laughs> it. I mean, it makes about as much sense and it's about as easy to follow. Mm, indeed. And then indeed. he goes on to say the heavy vehicle industry is highly regulated, and there's a good reason for that too. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay. The problem with it is, is if operators don't understand what they can and they can't do, they end up end up in trouble for mistakes that they shouldn't have made. And the thing is that the trailer manufacturers are more than happy to build things, and it's like the caravan people when they go to sell Nan and, Nan and Pa, the buddy caravan the salesman mm. he doesn't the monstrous, care the monstrous caravan yeah yep. he doesn't matter it doesn't matter to them what mm. the legal implications all they're interested in is selling the product correct and mm. you know if you get into trouble for using it that's on you you should have known better and the yes. problem with it is is we end up with a situation now where as warren says we've got this plate of spaghetti for a set of regulations and unfortunately the uh, the smaller operators can't afford to make the mistakes. So therefore they don't take advantage of some of the productivity things. You know, the big, the big boys, you know, they can go and they can afford to spend a couple of hundred thousand dollars on a, on a 
few trailers or a million dollars on a couple of combination or on a combination just see if it works you know see how it flies let someone have a go and see what happens mm. you know i've seen things there are some things out there that are truly fascinating like the uh, the uh, the euro pan tech yes so yeah uh, i'm gonna have a bit, bit of a chat with old mate about that one soon and, and hopefully have a bit of a look at one but mm. i mean that mm. truck that truck is so far in front of others as far as its productivity and, and the fact that the homework's been done to to sort of have the have the thing fit in with the limits and it can go anywhere and it's a single. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty interesting outfit, isn't it? It is a very yeah. interesting. You got, I think he's got about four of them now. All right, okay. Um, yep. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat. We'll have a bit of a chat with our mate about that in the near future. Uh, I'll well, do a bit I of would like to see a bigger sleeper on it, but anyway. Well, we've had that conversation. I mean, mm. the, the, the he, he did want to put a... A K two hundred in front of it, mm, okay. Uh, and of course, he couldn't get it all to fit, and that was all to do with the uh, all the uh, infrastructure behind the cab, mm. painting yep. it fit. I mean, I I did sarcastically say to him, mate, you know, big truck nowhere for the driver to sleep, and that's mm. been that's been the principal thing that people have sort of taken the Mickey out of it for. But having mm. said that, uh, you've you've only really sort of got to have a look. Those bunks are thirty six inch, I think, thirty six or thirty eight inch bunks on that. Are, are they that yeah, big? Yeah, they, I, are, they are. I would, I would have guessed smaller. No, no, I, they, I, are. Yeah, they are. They are. They mm-hmm. are. I mean, I had a four hundred three with a bunk on that side. I struggle with a with a four hundred three with the bunk mm. on that side, but mainly because I'm a big guy and I can't get between the seats. Mm. But once you actually mm-hmm. get in and lay down, it's all right. Anyway, yeah. we're going to have a chat. We'll have a bit of a chat with him about it, and uh, we'll mm. see some. We'll see a photo spread of one in trucking life down the track. I would say, I know he's mm. got a new one that's about to roll off the production line. We might get some photos of it and okay. have a bit of a look. But that's the actual uh, actual mass inconsistencies. Have a bit of Again. a look. Again, still, 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 still. Sorry, still. <laughs> Nothing is changing. Nothing. Oh, no, nothing's changing. Nothing's changing. The names no. have changed, but the game remains the same. Mm. Oh, no. Let's have a bit of a look at this last one that we're going to have a look at. Operators claim speed camera foundations triggered the Karanda washout. Now, this is from the middle of December, this story. Mm. Um, we, we we sort of sort of looking back because there's, as I say, not a lot of new stuff coming out at the moment. TMR have uh, did some work on the Karanda range and they started with the uh, the uh, automated signs and things like that. Hundreds of trucks go up and down the Karanda Range from, the, from uh, Cairns to the Atherton Tablelands up to Mareeba. There's a lot of produce comes out of up there, spuds and bananas and got all sorts of things. Lots of things come out of there. Uh, a lot of guys go straight down. They don't come down into Cairns. They go straight straight down towards Townsville. Yep. Yep. Um, I know I certainly did when I was carting things out of up there. Oh. Um, bit of a landslide on the Karanda Range. Uh, a bit. <laughs> oh, God. Have you seen any photos of it? <laughs> bit of a landslide. Well, was like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, no, it was um, terrible, wasn't it? I, uh, I can, I can comment personally. I guess personally on on one thing up there. I have seen it rain. I've been in Mariba when they've had a meter of rain in twenty four hours. Mm. Um, 
And and for those, you know, down south and west that haven't experienced a cyclone or a rain depression in North Queensland, mm. unless unless you've actually seen it, it is it is truly something to behold the sheer cubic meters of water that that come down off off that rainforest area. So mm. um the statement that uh you know that the landslide was caused by um you know, excavation to put one of these brilliant signs in. I, t- I tell you what, if that if that can be proved, I guess again would would TMR put their hands up and say we made a huge boo boo here. I I don't know, but uh, there's there's some serious questions to be asked and some serious answers to be uh, to be offered up and hit this mic. Yeah, well, this whole thing was the, the, this whole uh, intelligent transport system technology idea was first announced in January 2022 mm. uh, under the uh, Cancer Northern Tablelands Access Strategy. So there was a series of high tech variable sign uh, speed uh, limit signs. Yeah, yeah, uh, high change. tech. Yeah, yeah. high tech. Yep. It's all high yep. tech, Rah, you know. Yep. Uh, and uh, you know there was to basically advise people when it's wet and foggy, you should slow down, you idiot. Yeah, because they can't actually see out through the windscreen of the car or the truck that it's wet and foggy. Yeah, yeah, no, it just does my head in. You know, we make everything so, you know, just dumb it down to the dumbest possible level. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) So so this intelligent transport system technology is expected to be fully operational by this year, Mm. uh, uh, pending the results of the testing phase. Well, we can say, I think, pretty much unequivocally, that testing hasn't been good. <laughs> so, and did you and did you see the money they've spent? They've spent squillions. Thirty million. Thirty, <laughs> 30 million. Thirty million dollars. Just sort of basically peed up the wall because why not? Um, small one of the small fleet owners up there said there is no doubt that this landslide slant landslide was where the authorities dug the holes and it's resulted in the closure of a vital transport link. So, and, and you got and you've got to remember when when we talk about some of these smaller operators, a lot of those are your two ton, four ton, six ton body trucks because yes. you know Keynes is the distribution centre for the tablelands. Yes. So a lot of those smaller operators are up and down there every day, and those operators know that Karanga range like the back of their hand. Yeah. Um, they've lived in North Queensland. They know it, so they're they're pretty good judge. They're a pretty good judge of the situation when they see these things unfold. Yeah. So, um, I, don't I think know. someone needs a really fairly uh, severe slap across the back of the wrist well, on this one. There'll Africa. be some ducking and weaving and, and changing lanes and looking for cover mm, and all that sort no. of stuff. You think? Oh, I did see yeah. something else interesting. Moving on, we'll just let you. We'll let you. Have you done with that one? I've done enough with that one. Have you done? Yeah, enough? yeah, I think so. Yep, yep, absolutely. Just out of just just idly, we got to go and have a look at another thing in a minute, which is to do with infrastructure, but. I saw an ad while I was doing a bit of research for the news today about a fifth wheel coupling that's got uh, an electronic readout on the dash of the truck to tell the driver whether he's, he's uh, locked or t- not. Turntable's locked or not. Okay. Okay. Are we hmm. making it? I mean, technology in the cab, I don't mind a little bit of technology, but are we making it too easy? I mean, mate, it just seems to me now that. that uh, in order to make up for the stupidity of a few, um, we we tend to look for 
you know, more technology to, to, to make it even easier. I mean, if you make something so simple that only fools can do it, then eventually only fools do it. You know what I mean? Well, I guess, again, as, as we've talked about with Australia being a small, small market in the world, I, yeah. I'm assuming that... Um, I'm assuming the brand was one of the big turntable brands. And again, yeah, if we was, if we yeah. if we look at our, uh, <laughs> I have seen the term heaven forbid on on social media, the exploding jaw syndrome mm. or something along those lines. Oh yeah, happens all the time. Now, um, unfortunately, it is seems to be quite common here. But imagine what it must be like in the United States. Yeah. With, with you know, three hundred million people, so ten times the trucks, ten times the drivers, like the carnage over there must be extraordinary. Yeah, I, um, I, I have yet to see a turntable just come apart on its own. One yes. that one that was properly maintained. I'm talking about one that properly maintained. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've yet um, to see a set of exploding jaws in reality. Mm. Mm. What I've mm. seen, what I've seen several times, is people who haven't hooked their truck up properly. People who have jumped their pin over the front of their turntable. Jumping over the front of the turntable, gee whiz! I've I've, I've seen some shocking damage done to turntables mm. in the recent years. Goodness me! And, and I, I I can't even imagine the noise or the jolts or the forces when you're. You know, like the moment that pin skips up over the jaw and hits the middle of the turntable. Mm. You would, one would think that's enough to pop the clutch in and go whoa, yeah. but uh, they just continue going until the turntable's behind the the pin. It's extraordinary. I've seen yeah. I've seen a bunk smashed in. I've seen legs smashed off. I've seen tail light bars bent to buggery. Mm. Yeah, you know, you, and and you just can't seem to make it up. And when guys stand there and they look at it, they scratch their head. Now, how did that happen? Well, you didn't get out and have a look, did you? Didn't get out and have a look. Mm. I mean, really. Anyway, now, I sent you an email, mate, which was sent to me. I forwarded it on to you. Yes. Um, and I'm just trying to find that now as we speak. I've got it here in front of me now. It's from uh, Mr. Jerry Brown Saar, who was a known mm. voice in the industry. Mm. And uh, he's had a little bit to say about what happened in South Australia. Uh, we, we won't go into the whys and wherefores, but he's saying that some of the Blame for that has got to be attributed to the multinationals who control the rail tracks, mate. Did you read the email? Did you, what do you think? I, um, gee whiz, this is an accident of nightmares, isn't it? It is. It's just, it, it's, it, those, every, for everyone involved, it's just something, um, yeah, something nightmares are made of. Um, I had a quick read uh, on the Australian Transport Safety Bureau's website. Mm, yeah. And they're uh, they're doing an investigation uh, into um, accidents at level crossings around Australia. Yeah. Yeah, there's twenty three thousand level crossings in this country. Yep, an extraordinary amount, you know. Um, and they're saying that uh, between July twenty fifteen and twenty one, there was two hundred and eleven collisions mm. involving rail vehicles and road vehicles at level crossings. Yep. Now, I have I have to. I have to say this, and this is a very, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to digress from the road transport industry, but this is a very personal thing for me. I actually, as a 16-year-old young fella, lost, lost my best friend, was uh, lost his life at a rail crossing that had no boom gates in Brisbane. Right, eh? 
uh, rode across the, 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 the rail crossing on his push bike and was basically collected by a passenger train and lost his life under the front of the train. Mm. Um, I, the trains are just like trucks. We need them. There's no point, can't, you know, no point making up ridiculous statements saying we can do without them. We, we cannot. However, I find it incredible now in 2024, I was about to say 2023, mm. that in a developed country like Australia that we still have cars, cars and caravans, heavy vehicles, which heavy vehicles are getting bigger, bigger combinations, as we all know. I find it amazing that we're still mixing it up with, with trains at level crossings on 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 major freight routes, Mike. You know, I'm not talking mm. about a dirt road out the back of some grain field where, where a vehicle might cross that railway line five times a year. These are major freight routes and, and we're still trying to mix it up with the, with those with those trains and I I find it ridiculous and, and I I have to agree with some of those statements in that email that there has to be some accountability on the owner and operator of the rolling stock and that rail upway line in this accident. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it you just can't you know, are they my question is, are they monitoring the lengths of the combinations that are crossing the lines these days. Are they aware, you know, on that Brisbane and Adelaide run, again, in the 80s, 90s, you know, it was all single trailers, occasional road train, mm. occasional. Mm. It's been a long time since I've traversed the barrier highway, but I'm sure now the standard is a road train and a single is the, is the, um, is the offside. So, again, are these operators, are they aware of the combinations that are crossing their lines, I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say possibly not. Um, or, or possibly that they don't care. Or possibly they just don't care. Yeah. Um, there, there's a notorious rail crossing out here at Milmerin between Toowoomba and Milmerin that has been road users I know, truck drivers, you know, career drivers. That railway crossing between Toowoomba and Milmerin, you know, it's just the side of Milmerin. It's a zigzag crossing that mm. the, the, the highway runs parallel with the train line then just zigzags over it the amount i would be i would i'd be morbidly fascinated to know the amount of lives that have been lost at that railway crossing mm. and yet it's still there it's still there it, mate I, I i mean we don't know what happened out there um no and we we, we, no. Were, we weren't there i uh i will say that in my experience my personal experience um, I've been driving along, and you sort of get in the zone, and you—I mean, you're not—you're not off with the fairies, but you—you know—you're not—you're not playing your A game either. Well, um, you're out on a, on a, on that Barry Highway is yeah. a lonely, deserted road, Mike. It's yeah. very—it's very easy to, like you say, to get into your own little world where you think you're the only one on yep. the road. Yep. And you're tooling yeah. along. I mean, I've driven road trains out through there. Um, yep. I spent a, I spent a little while working for GKR, and one of the jobs that I did for GKR was run a road train um, mm. from uh, from Sydney to Perth. And we used to go out and pick up our uh, our dog trailer out at uh, out the back of Pillen's Yard at, at, in uh, in Dubbo. They just mm. had, they someone to do the dog run out there for us, and yep. we'd, we'd hook it all up, and you know away you'd go. So I've driven over that crossing several, you know, mm. Mm. more than once. 
and you know you sort of get there and you and you're driving along and and you're in your in your world and i can just imagine that at you know 10 o'clock in the morning 11 o'clock in the morning you know you're there you might be listening to the radio you're sort of you know you're talking along doing your 90 kilometers an hour and your type one road train grossing about your 80 odd tons you, you know you're 36 and a half meters long um it takes more than 100 meters to stop Indeed. And, Indeed. and you're sort of there and you're, you're driving along. I can just imagine, I'll put myself in this guy's position. Now, I don't know that this is what happened. I, I absolutely don't. But, you know, you put yourself in the guy's position and you think, oh, there's a train. Oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, I'm not going to, will I make it? I'll, I'll make it across. And you've got to make a decision in a split second whether you're going to stand on it and risk tying your trailers in knots or put your foot into it and hope for the best. Now, and 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 what a decision to make! What a decision what a to decision make! Now, I've, I, it, it pains me to admit that I've I've made a decision similar to that, not with a train, mm. but God. with but with a car that was coming at me, t- coming towards me on a crossroad, like on a. On a... Unfortunately, I think we've all had to do that with <laughs> right. a car. We've so, all made those decisions with a car, right. indeed. So, mm. you know, and I decided that this car wasn't going to stop you know you've got that constant bearing uh, closing distance sort of a scenario happening you know that you're going to meet in the middle and uh, do you stand on the brakes or do you try and just go through and hope for the best well Well, and 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 this is yeah one thing that i'm i'm you know so proud to be part of this station and this podcast because you you know you've brought this all this to the table for us to have these conversations Mm -hmm. mike and have these conversations that we've had you know, for years in our in our heads when we've been on our own going, yeah. why, you know, so, and, and another thing that's fascinated me with trains, mm-hmm. with the, you know, is the fact that they can be a kilometre long at night mm-hmm. travelling beside the barrier highway, et cetera, and, you, and they have no, no light. Yeah, no, no light. No side nothing. markers. Nothing. 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 Absolutely. And yet, and yet every other, you know, moving vehicle in the country has yeah. to have all these sort of lights. You know, it, it has fascinated for me years that sometimes I do recall seeing, you know, the blinking light hanging on the back of one wagon and that yep. could be 30 wagons down. Yep. So, so, again, I, I, it fascinates me that they are not forced to have, and in this day and age with LED lights, you know, low, you know, low amperage, low draw, brilliantly bright, yep. um, you know, uh, I'm not, do we know what time of the day or evening this accident happened? That was in the middle of the morning. It was the middle of the morning? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, you know at, at night, surely, you know, a train with 40 carriages with even two lights or three lights is going to, it, it, you know, in that twilight, that evening, you're going to look over and go, oh, wow, there's mm. a train, yeah. as opposed to one light one yeah. headlight or two headlights. So yeah. I, I, I think a lot needs to be addressed and very quickly with these in, with this infrastructure, with these, um, you know, these level crossings and the warning signs. Mm. You know, if you need to put, let's put more warning signs up. These are people's lives we're talking about. So well, instead of just, just having the flashing lights at the crossing, have three or four sets of flashing lights. Start triggering the flashing lights two kilometres before you get to the level crossing, all that can do on a on a, on a deserted highway like that, mm. all that can do is help alert people a little bit earlier than than at the last minute. You know, uh, um, there's the other thing yeah. as well in in Western Australia, 
when I talk about the fact that I used to drive the the big quads up in the Pilbara carting iron ore, there's yep. a, uh, a a level crossing at the bottom of Chitties there, which is which is uh, a dangerous one. You're coming down the hill onto a 200 and, 215 tons in okay. the, in the quad, and uh, yep. the trains are coming across. So they've got you know obviously company rules about how fast you're allowed to go down that hill for a start. Yeah. Um, but they've also got on that. Uh, flashing orange lights well in advance of the level crossing. And there is an audible warning through Channel 40 on the UHF with a pre-recorded you know, thing that says the cross- crossing's in use. Now, I am not saying any of that would have made a difference in the circumstances, but good God, it's got to help. I mean, it's got to help. It's got to help. You'd think. So <laughs> for, for me, you know, for me, as far as I'm concerned, some of the crap I've read on Facebook about what yeah. happened there... The keyboard warriors really do need to stick it up their backside as far as I'm concerned. They've got there not is, a clue. There is no way, Mike, there is no way on earth that mm. that man mm. set out on that journey to harm himself or anyone else well, intentionally. All I will say to you is without fear or favour, from everything that I've heard from half a dozen different sources, mm. this guy's uh, semi-retired, very well-respected operator from far north mm. Queensland, very well-known, mm. Friends of people who I know well, and and they say that the man is of excellent character. And as far as I can see, it's a tragic accident and a tragic end to what I consider has probably been a very, very good career. Mm, A tragic end and a tragic accident that could have been avoided with some more investment in infrastructure. Well, perhaps. not that hard. Perhaps. We do need to wait and see. What the reports say, because you know, because it's a train involved, well, we'll thing will get inbe- investigated to the end of its days. Indeed. Uh, Indeed, and hopefully we do find out what happened in the end. Paul, yeah. that's it, mate. We've got to wrap it up. You haven't got nothing Come late on. or breaking. I know I certainly haven't. Uh, no, no, no. We're uh, like you say, it is a little, little bit quiet time of the year, but I'm sure we're we're not that far away from everything revving up into overdrive, Mike. We'll yeah. be back to full swing before we know it. So we will yeah. be. Now, mm. don't forget to tune in on Wednesday night for the live show. The live show on Wednesday night from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock is an industry serious conversation. The Saturday night show is a little bit more lighthearted. Um, and, Both uh, of good value. Both well, of good value, I might add. I think so. We're going to do a few more shows. You're going to do a music show, they tell me. Is that right? Well, let's hope so. Let's. Ho- I'm, I'm certainly hoping 2024 brings uh, one, if not one, but possibly two music shows. That'd be uh, that'd be something I'd be very keen to do. You're going to get the road and, hammers out here again, mate. What do you reckon? Uh, we're working on it in the background. Oh, uh, yeah? Yes. <laughs> I'd love to meet those guys. I'd pay money to meet those guys. No, no. You Next time they're out, you won't pay money. You'll just have to come up here to Mulgawi and, oh, and sit around the table with them. I'd love it. I'd love it. I love their music, you know. Yeah, great music and great guys. Craig wouldn't yeah. let me play. He wouldn't let me play two of their tracks the other night. I was only allowed to play one. He's a worry, our Craig, isn't I've he? I've got to worry about He's that boy. I worry about that boy. <laughs> Got you go. Mate, we're coming up that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. We'd want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? 
<laughs> stuck to the track, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Here's Andy's music time machine. Time machine. Time machine. G'day, it's Andy here, and man, have I got a treat for you this week in our Music Time Machine Summer Series. Now, rather than introduce you to someone you may not be familiar with, I've gone 360 degrees to feature an artist so well-known he's been called the godfather of Australian rock. But there's a twist. We all know the music he's best known for, and in case you haven't guessed who I'm talking about, here's his biggest hit just to jog your memory. Show it. 
times I act a little So very obviously, our featured artist this week is the late, great Billy Thorpe. Over the years, he produced hit after hit with his band The Aztecs. Songs like Most People I Know, Over the Rainbow, It's Almost Summer, C.C. Rider, Oop Oop Stand By Me, and way too many more to list out here. Billy Thorpe formed The Aztecs way back in 1963, and their first single, Poison Ivy, kept the Beatles off the top of the Australian charts in 1964, even though the Fab Four were touring in Australia at the time. That's no mean feat. They stole the show outright in 1972 at the infamous Sunbury Rock Festival and kept Aussie rock fans cheering for more right up until 1973 when the band decided to go their separate ways. Thorpey went on to do his own thing as a solo artist after the band split for a number of years, many of them in the US before returning to Australia in the late 90s. In 2000, he took a trip with his family to Morocco, and according to his wife, that trip moved him greatly and was the inspiration behind the album Tangier, what turned out to be, in the end, the very last album he recorded. The album was recorded in Marrakesh and featured a huge cast of musicians, some of them local Moroccans, along with a host of music legends like Ian Moss from Cold Chisel on guitar, Jackie Orsaki on bass, Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac on drums, and the soulful voice of Vanessa Amorossi on backing vocals. The album also featured Aussie acting icon Jack Thompson crafting the narration for it. The music created for the album was literally out of this world, blending Middle Eastern melodies and rhythms with Thorpe's unmistakable voice, incredible songwriting skills, and his rock and roll sensibilities. The album had been recorded but not yet mixed down and mastered when Billy Thorpe passed away suddenly on February 28, 2007 from a heart attack. Amazingly, he was still performing live right up until three days before he passed. And then, from out of the blue, came this teaser. Tangier is the final album by Australian music icon Billy Thorpe. Since you've been it's a major piece of music in Australian musical history. Tangier is an inspiring musical journey. Billy Thorpe, Tangier, his final masterpiece. So thanks to Lynn, Billy's wife of many years, and a team of musicians and producers, the Tangier album was finally released in 2010. And in 2011, at the Australian ARIA Awards, Billy Thorpe was posthumously awarded Best Adult Contemporary Album for Tangier, with his wife Lynn receiving the award on stage from the lovely Stevie Nicks. Now, to win the category, the album had to beat out a number of other brilliant releases from Aussie superstars, including one by John Farnham. This final album from Billy Thorpe is nothing less than spectacular. 
and this legacy has ensured that though the great man might be gone from amongst us he will never ever be forgotten from the album tangier here's the late godfather of australian rock the one and only billy thorpe with marrakesh
Have you ever come up behind a caravan wearing a big green sticker that says I'm truck friendly? It's simply telling you that the driver you're following is a part of a growing safety-minded community of caravanners who actually want to help other road users, have a good understanding of safe towing practices and have a UHF radio switched on and ready to communicate. If you too want to be a part of the solution and not the problem, find out more about the great truck-friendly caravan road safety program by visiting their Facebook page or website at www.truckfriendly.com.au. Hi there. Sadly, there's been some uh, dreadful road and rail accidents in the uh, recent past few weeks, and uh, I don't intend to uh, talk about any specific one of them, but I intend to talk about all of them together and uh, group my thoughts into those uh, circumstances surrounding them that that, that are known. Um, I will, by way of disclosure, explain that I do not. I'm not able to speak. In detail about the uh, rail accident in South Australia between uh, where the train hit road train dog trailer and the drivers uh, were sadly of uh, the train was sadly uh, killed. Um, both the uh, owner of the transport company and the driver of the road train are personal friends of mine. And uh, by way of disclosure, I will not discuss the specifics of the case. What I will say though is that the uh, Editor and the um, journalists at the uh, at one of the Adelaide newspapers ought to hang their heads in shame. There's a headline and a paragraph or two in a story they did a day or two ago that uh, I just think stinks. Because if they were talking about a 75-year-old billionaire, I'm sure they would not use the same terminology or, or the same disparaging uh, description of, of the person or the event. That, you know, a 75-year-old uh, semi-retired pensioner, he's not going to be able to take them on for defamation, but... Gee, I wish he could. Anyway, uh, accidents in general. Now, we often hear about the victims and whether there's injuries or deaths or whatever. There's, we're all victims. If in, the, in the case of deaths, the main victims are the, the person deceased, of course, plus all the people who mourn for them. The people who are injured, um, any injury is, is unacceptable and uh, they all have to be lived with. But the thing is, those of us that are just casual observers or not involved in the action at all. We're all victims because road trauma, unsafe roads and unsafe conditions and unsafe behaviour, all the things that contribute to road accidents, any sort of accidents, they have repercussions for us all. And it's about time there was some transparency and some united efforts from all corners of the political and community spectrum to do something about it. We need to be honest with ourselves as drivers as to the things we're maybe not doing right or maybe could be retrained with or, or uh, try, bar- try harder at, especially if we're dodging health issues. Uh, that's important. The governments need to be more transparent about the role that they play. They don't cause accidents. Governments don't cause lots of things, but their lack of attention to the duties they have uh, can contribute to them. Poor roads... Not enough police on the road to uh, remind people of their presence and of their response, uh, you know, of everyone's responsibilities. Comments from people who weren't there and who should know better and who uh, comment in an irresponsible way. Uh, that's the other reason I can't comment on the accident, on the rail accident in South Australia, because I wasn't there. So I don't know what happened. I might have an opinion. I might have an idea. I might be able to guess, but none of that's going to be helpful to me or anyone else. 
So we need to uh, bite our lip a little bit as well and keep our comments to ourselves unless we were actually there to witness what happened or are personally involved. Where governments come in, we've got an issue in New South Wales where they're, they're short of a lot of police officers because they're leaving in droves. So therefore, uh, they're saying that every police command is, 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 is undermanned or understaffed. Queensland government uh, blowing their trumpet here the other day that they'd enrolled 44 new police officers, but they forgot to tell us how many might have left in the uh, period since the last intake. And this is going on in every state and territory in Australia. So, you know, where's the transparency? Where's the uh, admission that uh, we could all be doing better here? It just It's just very disturbing because we hear one side of the argument or maybe two sides of a five-sided argument. It shouldn't be an argument, but it becomes an argument when people are ducking for cover and being disingenuous, being, not being very honest with themselves or everyone around them. And these accidents, you know, uh, rail accidents, the question at rail living, level crossing accidents is, uh, in this day and age, should the level crossing be actually there? Like, uh, it's a pretty fair ask to have uh, traffic waiting for a 1.8-kilometre train to uh, pass through a, a level crossing. And the other issue is, as Mike and Andy mentioned in the QR ads, it takes two kilometres for them to stop. So, you know, we're never going to go through life without having some sort of an extenuating circumstance on a level crossing from time to time. You've only got to look at what happened in Geelong here a few weeks ago and uh, as if Craig Membry and his family had enough, have, haven't had enough grief and disaster to deal with in recent times. It just beggars belief that this stuff's still going on. And I've said in um, one of my uh, speaking out columns recently that governments can and should do better. And so they should. And so should we. We should... We should speak out more when these things happen and say, what, what, you know, how come it's okay not to have a level crossing just south of Coburn where they put an overpass in there for the, for the, uh, the big long trains? But it's okay 30 kilometres down the road to have, have a level crossing. You know, there's a lot of questions that need to be asked and, um, we should be asking them and so should the authorities involved. And, uh, we hear a lot of arguments to and fro and pros and cons about rail freight and road freight and all this sort of thing. Well, I've got to tell you, neither of them are going away anytime soon, probably ever. We need to coexist. Rail, you know, and obviously I'm talking about governments not taking good care of our roads and there's a lot of examples of that, a couple I'll mention shortly. But, uh, you know, and, and it's obviously a shared responsibility to uh, to eliminate a level crossing between the road authority and the rail authority, but um, how come they haven't got their heads together and how come they're not treating it as a matter of urgency? They had to wait for a train driver to be killed at the bottom of the Cardwell Range when some lights, when some uh, crossing lights didn't work before they did anything about that one. And now, obviously, there'll probably be a, there'll be a report and there'll be an inquiry and something will happen. Anyway, that's all pretty sad because... We should be proactive about these things, not reactive. And, and I know we don't live in a perfect world, but honestly, there's a lot of things out there that are just a tragedy waiting for somewhere to happen. Some of the drivers, the overloaded caravans are a perfect example. The drugged up drivers must be coming out of the ACT. The, the ACT government, a lot of other governments worrying about stuff that is just so far from day-to-day -day reality that they ought to be taking a bit of a a reality check themselves. Maybe random drug testing in the public service and in Parliament might get us some more clear thinking out of them. I don't know. But anyway, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty worked up about all these accidents because there's been such an unnecessary and tragic waste of life. 
There's been a lot of unhelpful commentary and, and reaction. Honestly, we all just ought to grow up and realise that we all have a stake in making life better for ourselves, for each other and for those around us. And it has to start somewhere. So let it start with us. Let, let us as an industry do something about the 20% of accidents that are our fault. Let us, as responsible members of the community, start talking to our local member or our, our union boss or our association CEO and saying, listen, old mate, why don't you do something about this? Why don't you do something about that? You know, they're saying it's going to take eight months to fix the uh, Palmerston Highway since, the, since Cyclone Jasper. It wouldn't take eight months in America or in a lot of other parts of the world if they decided to get off their bum and work 24-7 instead of office hours and obeying stupid bloody uh, contractual rules that uh, the road building and road repairing contractors are, are limited to or limited by. You know, and it goes on, the, the, the Cook Highway north of Cairns, and, you know, you've only got to look around at what goes on in Queensland. They've spent over $34 million just north of Tully on a crossing for cassowaries. Uh, but they can't fix the, the jagged edges and the dangerous bits on the road from Charters Towers to Claremont or any of the other roads out in central or western or southwestern Queensland. They can't even fix the potholes on the Bruce Highway. But we can spend $34 million for half a dozen cassowaries. And when you have a look at the structure, if I was a cassowary, I'd tell them to go and have another look at things because uh, I don't think there'll be too many cassowaries using it regardless if it costs $34 million or $34 billion. It's just absolute ridiculous waste of money and it's been going on for over 12 months and they still haven't finished the job. I know it's not safe if a cassowary runs out in front of you, but they fence the, 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 the both sides of the road off anyway. So uh, if I was a cassowary, I'd be happy to stay in the bush, not mix it up with motor cars or use a dangerous crossing. But anyway, the cassowaries have got nothing to do with it. What's got to do with it is that we need a few people, ourselves included, to wake up to the fact that there is such a thing as unavoidable accidents, but they've got nothing to do with most of what's been going on lately. I don't know the details of any of these accidents. That's why one of the main reasons I haven't commented in particular. Um, the only detail I know is that man who uh, wiped out the people in the beer garden at Dalesford, apparently he had some medical problems and uh, ignored the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the warning signs. So that's sad and uh, sad for him, sad for the, the, the victims, obviously. And, uh, you know, it is a reminder that if we do have uh, a few health issues or any, any, any things arise, uh, we need to deal with it. And I, uh, I had to really face up, face up to the music when... Uh, I was told that uh, I had to give away driving heavy vehicles for medical reasons and uh, I kicked myself a little bit for going to the doctor in the first place but now I can see what's been going on around the place and been in touch with a few of our mates that have come to grief, um, uh, you know, not only in accidents but just with health issues because they didn't act early enough. I can see to you reasonably satisfied that I've done the right thing and that... Uh, 55 years uh, behind the wheel was, uh, wasn't such a bad thing. I'm proud of what I've achieved and I'm happy to be here and be well and have, have been, had the treatment and the uh, attention I've received. And that's there for all of us if we just use our head. Be honest and uh, be fair dinkum. But we all need to be fair dinkum, not just some of us. Uh, the government, the associations, the union, the media, everyone who's on the road, even people who don't have a licence, entitled to speak out if they see a dangerous situation or hear of it. But what you're not entitled to do is make stupid or unhelpful comments on social media or anywhere else if you weren't actually there or if you don't actually know what went on. 
Because if you don't know what the real problem is, you can't come up with a real solution. And that seems to be the issue, because we're not hearing about the role road conditions play, the role uh, poor licensing plays, the role that not policing things like overloaded caravans or any other safety issue, regardless of whether it's caravans, boat trailers, car trailers, semi-trailers or road trains or anything. It's just, uh, it's all disconnected and and pretty unbalanced, some of the opinion and some of the comment getting around. And we just need to wake up to ourselves that we all have a responsibility to fix this. And uh, let's hope we can in 2024 because 2023 was a bloody shocker. Catch you later. Thanks for listening. This is Bob McMillan. G'day guys, how you going? As you know, the Trucking Life magazine is back. The best way to get it is to get a subscription and you'll get four magazines delivered to your doorstep. Absolutely action-packed with articles, new riders, some of the old that you probably remember from years ago, old trucks, new trucks, big posters in the middle. There's got to be heaps, so head over to truckinglife.net.au. Don't miss out. Taking us out of the show, here's this week's featured artist once again. The immortal Billy Thorpe with another song from his final album, Tangier. It's the hauntingly beautiful Since You've Been Gone. Forget your dogmas, your religions and your creeds. Forget your mantras and your alms There are no methods to this crazy life we lead No secret paths to walk upon Just hang love's portrait in the cathedral of your heart And warm the landscape of your child can reap and smile if we should ever meet cause just like you I'm all alone since you've been
Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Until next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.